Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hope you've had an awesome week and ready to get into another one and uh, um, see what good things the Lord has in store for us. I want to talk to you today. Um, I was tossing up the idea of talking to you about demons, which would be an interesting one. Uh, but in thinking down those lines, I figured I'd start with a primer on sin and uh, start there too. So in the days to come, we'll talk about demons. Uh, you know, we go from priorities to how to get ahead in life, <laughs> how to have a good marriage <laughs> to demons, uh, everything, all the spectrum here on the Ryan and Krista Yusta podcast. But let's get into it today. So I want to talk about um, what sin actually does. Obviously, we know that sin is, is what sin is, is sin is a transgress, sin is a missing the mark. Sin is a um, transgression means to go contrary to God's command. When God told Adam, the original sin was if the moment you eat of that fruit of that tree, eat of everything, but don't eat of that one. The moment you eat of it, you'll die. So that was a direct commandment. That's called a transgression. That means to go over a cross against what God said. So sin is where we miss the mark. And so for us, um, uh, understanding that when you're born again, you know, obviously this is preached um, heavily, but when you're born again, that God has a way of things, uh, there's a, things that please him and things that don't. And so what does, what does sin actually do when, when we're a believer, um, uh, what it does to our heart? You know, the Bible actually says that the Holy Spirit will convict the, word of, the world of sin, and it says sin, singular. And so that, I believe, is um, our nature, our sin nature. But it says you'll convict the world of sin because they believe not on me. And so the number one sin that sends people to hell isn't murder, it isn't fornication or lust, it isn't lying. The number one sin is just disbelief in Jesus Christ. You have to have a relationship with Jesus to go to heaven. So the number one sin, the devil doesn't come, excuse me, uh, the devil obviously will try to put um, condemnation on us for anything, but the Holy Spirit comes to convict for the unbeliever that he needs to believe in Jesus. You know, he doesn't have to write a long list of everything he did and say, God, I'm sorry for when I was two years old and I stole out of the cookie jar. I mean, you can't even remember everything, but it's the unbelief. So the main sin that sends people to hell is unbelief. But as a Christian, what does sin do to our hearts? So let's start down this line. The uh, Number one, it says, number one, what sin does is sin hardens your heart towards God. So what does that actually mean? When you have a hardened heart, you have an inability to see inability to see. You know, when I speak to people and they're dealing with sin and then they say, well, God spoke to me and told me this, this, and this, and he spoke to me and told me this was my wife. And they're like living in constant sin. I don't believe them. Someone's dealing with lust and they're like, yeah, but God spoke to me and told me that was my wife. I don't believe it. I don't, I don't believe people who say they hear the voice of God clearly when they're, they're not just like, hey, I make a mistake once in a while, like practicing sin, like doing the same thing again and again and again and again. And so I don't believe it. So people, it, it makes it that you become spiritually um, deaf, spiritually deaf. And that's why, you know, people say, well, I want to hear God speak to me. Well, the number one way he speaks to you is through the word. So if you can't obey the written word of God, don't expect to hear the elective word of God where he speaks to your spirit. Like the first thing, if you get in the presence of God and you've been living in sin, the first thing he does is repent, go into the altar call, get it right with me. You know, before you come in saying, Lord, I need direction. You know, I'm coming to church because I need direction with if this is the girl for me. And he's like, go to the altar, repent, get your heart right. Because more important than him and than, than who you marry is that you're on fire for him at all times, that you maintain a hot temperature for the Lord. So a hardened heart is an inability to see and also an inability to believe. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, 
And it says here, let me find the um, the passages I'm looking for. Hebrews chapter 3, it says, Take, verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it be called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin hardens your heart. So, yes, as a Christian, you can sin and repent and God will forgive you. But if you continually sin and continually sin, you'll get to the point where your heart is hardened towards the things of God. And so that's what happens. That's how people backslide is they sin and then they treat it lightly and they don't repent. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going up to the altar. You know, you, you have to get it right with God and humble yourself before God and, and get things right and fight the good fight of faith to kill that thing, to, to, to chop the dragon's head off. Because sin will harden your heart towards God where you'll be just disinterested, more, you know, rather do something else. In, inability to see, inability to hear, it hardens your heart. And so it says, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The second thing that sin does is it gives the devil access. You know, this is actually why when I was thinking about talking about demons, I um, I wanted to start here is because there's always an access point. When I deal with people who, you know, they come in and they're like, I know, I know there's demonic oppression in my life and I grip by fear and there's, you know, there's different things. So, um, and some from basic to extreme that, that I see is, you know, as one of the pastors here. And so when you deal with that, there's always an entry point. You know, I talk to someone, oh, I'm diagnosed uh, schizophrenic. Okay, well, when did that start? Well, four years ago. Okay, well, what happened leading up to that? Oh, you know, I was, uh, um, I entered into a homosexual relationship or I was playing with these crystals. I wasn't a Christian at the time, but I started playing with these new, new age crystal things and Oh, you know, there's this Ouija board. You hear all sorts of things. So there's always an access point. Oh, you know, I slept with this other guy's wife. You know, you hear these stories. Oh, I started, you know, doing this. I've heard stories that I never imagined I'd hear. I started prostituting myself. You wonder why fear grips grips you. And There's always an entry point for the demonic. So living in sin, and you know, I'm not... I'm not trying to scare anybody because that's not what this is about. But you need to, if, if it takes you getting scared to get your life clean, whatever you have to do to get your life clean. You know, people treat sin lightly. And this is one of the points to this podcast to say, don't treat sin lightly because, oh yeah, you know, it's just the pornography thing. It's not really an issue. It's just every once in a while. And why do I hit on that? Because I know it's a big thing. I know a lot of people deal with it. Uh, and then they just treat it lightly, but it gives the devil an access point. And that doesn't mean that the de- as a Christian, the devil can come and possess your spirit. That's not what I mean. The devil can't possess you when the Holy Ghost lives on the inside, but he can op- oppress you. You know, you can, man, I don't know why I'm down. I'm just down all the time. You know, fear can come in. You yield to fear. You start speaking and acting out of fear. That's what happened to Job. He, According to the word, he was perfect towards God, but he started acting out of fear towards towards his kids. Oh, what if they're cursing God? They're partying. What if they... And so he's sacrificing and he's doing these things. He even said in Job 3, that thing which I've greatly feared has come upon me. And so you see that there's an open door that gives the devil access. There's a scripture here in um, John five, where Jesus finds the man at the um, uh, Jesus finds the man who's at the pool of Bethesda and heals him, and then it says afterward, verse fourteen, Jesus finds him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, you are made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto you. So he was crippled, and Jesus said, Stop sinning unless you want something worse to come unto you. You know, people don't want to talk about that. So you're telling me that if I continue in sin. You know, I could get a disease. Yes, because you open the door for the devil. It's not that God says, oh, you've been sinning. Here's your disease. 
It's that you you step out of the protection. There's a great scripture, Ecclesiastes 10.8, that says, He that digs a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaks a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. This is really the story, what happened in, in Job. J- j- the, Satan said, haven't you put a hedge of protection around him? Without knowing that the fear that Job lived in and was talking about um, was actually... Job cutting back that hedge of protection. So God said, hey, everything he, everything he has is in your hand. You're just not allowed to touch his body. And so that's, an, that, that's where people open the door. It's that God has put a bubble of protection around every believer, but sin makes it that you crack open a window and, and a serpent can come in. You know, the Lord's given me dreams before to warn people, hey, I had a dream that you were, that you were playing basketball and then you walked over to this fence and a snake bit you. And so the Lord... And, you know, I've, I've met with students. I've had this dream about them just in the blue. Hey, uh, I wanted to talk to you about this because whatever sin you're hiding in your life, you need to get rid of it now before the snake bites you. Oh, man, that's so crazy. You say that, you know, I've been struggling with this. I haven't wanted to tell anybody. That's what the, the Lord loves people, but but cutting, putting an end to sin in your life. And again, this isn't like, man, you know, two weeks ago, I, I said a mean word to somebody. I'm talking about like, making a practice of sin. So it hardens your heart. The second thing is it it gives access um, to the devil. The next thing that sin does is it uh, is it removes your spiritual strength. You know, the devil works with condemnation. So if you're sinning, repenting, sinning, repenting, the Lord will forgive you, but you'll have to work extra hard to just deal with condemnation. And this is where it's like there, there needs to be godly sorrow when you repent. Many people don't repent properly. They don't feel the pain of it. They're just like, oh, it's cool. Like, the, I know the Lord's got me. And so I know, you know, if you're saying that before you sin and you're going into the day like, oh, it's not that big of a deal because, you know, God's got me. You take that attitude. That sin will take you out. That's, that's where the heart starts to get hardened. So, but then on the other end, when you feel godly sorrow, you repent, you know God forgives you. It's like, it can be a day, two days. I mean, I was a teenager too, but it could be a day, two days that you're feeling guilty for your sin, feeling bad. If you don't feel guilty for your sin, in one, in one sense, it's terrible. Like, that's the worst thing. The worst thing that can happen, this is how you know, and this gets me to my, my kind of the end of this, but what else sin does is it sears the conscience. If you get to the point where you sin and you know it's against the Bible, and you don't feel bad, and you're just like kind of, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me, and you don't actually feel it in your heart, your conscience has become seared, and you actually have to repent and call out to God for mercy. Lord, please, by the Holy Spirit, Lord, renew my conscience. The Holy Spirit can do that work, but that's that's a dangerous place because there's people who sin and don't even feel it, don't even feel like they owe God anything. Still go to church, still show up, but just feel like, yeah, you know, the Lord's got me, it's cool. You, you, there has to be a godly sorrow. Sin, you should want to flee from sin. It should be the desire of your heart. Lord, as much as within my power, but between now and when you come back, Lord, I never want to sin ever again. I hate sin. The Bible says even hating the garment that's spotted by the flesh. There should be a hatred inside you for sin. I'm not putting up with this, but I'm going to read to you from um, 1 Timothy 4, and it says, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. A seared conscience is one where you don't feel the way, things the way you should. 
you know, and this is actually talking about people who departed from the faith. So they were actually in the faith, but because sin came in and they didn't repent, they didn't have godly sorrow. They didn't, they didn't beat sin. They didn't defeat that sin in their life. There is a hardening that happens and it comes to the point where their conscience is seared, where they can just do whatever and they don't feel it. They can say whatever. Some people have, have said so much nonsense and had such a foul mouth that when they speak, stuff that they should never speak. They don't even think about it. And those are people you have to call on to God for mercy. Lord, I I sinned and I don't even feel bad. Lord, please have mercy and get on your face and cry out to God for mercy that he would refresh your conscience. And so what I want to do before we wrap up here is just give you a couple things that if you're dealing with sin, how to overcome. Number one is repent, repent, repent properly. Number two is don't treat sin lightly. And then number three is hide God's word in your heart. And this is the key. Psalm 119 verse 9 through 11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may, uh, that I may not sin against God. And then it says, how will a young man uh, uh, keep his way pure? And it says, by giving heed to thy word. So the word keeps you pure. So putting the word, spending time in the word. You know, if you struggle with lying, finding the scriptures where it says, the Bible actually says, no liar will enter into the kingdom of heaven and start memorizing those scriptures. If it's lust, flee fornication, you know, uh, uh, hating the, the, the garment that's spotted by the flesh. You know, you go through and memorize those things, you know, be holy as I am holy. You hide the word of God in your heart. If it's cheating, then, then how the, how God hates dishonest scales and cheating all through Proverbs. And so finding those verses and that'll put, that'll actually change your heart. The way to have a heart, unhardened heart is through the word of God and through proper repentance. You know, the Lord gives grace, but if, but you can get to the point and it's a scary place to be. And you, maybe you know someone like this. Maybe you have a family member who once served the Lord and loved the Lord and ran after the things of God. And now they, they drink, they get drunk, they don't feel bad, they make excuses for it. They believe homosexual relationships are okay. That's a seared conscience. That's a seared conscience. And so the Lord has to have mercy in those cases. That's what Paul even talked about, handing someone over for, to Satan for the destruction of their flesh so their spirit can be saved. Someone asked me the other day and said, hey, you know, do you believe that sometimes there's men of God who die young because they're, they're getting into false doctrine? And I said, absolutely. I, I could even name some who I believe that were too young to die, but died very young. And it was because they started getting off in their latter years to, to bad doctrine. And ultimately, it would have taken them out of the truth and out of the kingdom of God. God would rather have somebody in heaven. God would rather have somebody in heaven at you know 40 years old than have them go to hell and not only go to hell, but lead other people to hell. So some people, they step out of the protection of God and the devil will just take them out in a day. You know, there's, there's, we're dealing with life and death things here. And I know this is kind of a heavy podcast, but you have to look at these things the proper way because people just make excuses. No one wants to repent, but repentance is a gift God gives you. Praise the Lord that there's still time to repent. There'll come a day for every person listening to me that it'll be too late to repent. Too late. Don't let you, you be quick to repent. Be quick to cry out to God. God have mercy. Father, I pray for every person listening. Lord, give them the courage to face, face uh, life, face repentance, face sin, and deal with it properly. Give them the courage to repent and be honest with you in their heart, even be accountable to their pastors, those in, in authority over them. Lord, so that they can defeat this sin and live a victorious life over sin. Romans 6.14 says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. So I want that to be your verse. I love you. If you need anything, I'm here for you. If you have any questions, 
We'd like to hear from you. I know we cover a lot of different subjects, but if there's something specifically, please reach out to my wife or myself on Instagram. We'd love to chat with you. Talk to you soon. Bye.